Our sermon series, the beginning of this year, is uh, first one here is Victory Road. I, I, I did mention I'm going to do a series uh, based on Lord of the Rings uh, because I'm a crazy nut. And um, I really feel prompted to. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I'll probably spend only two, three, four weeks on it, but it, I think it'll be very profound. Father, I thank you for the Victory Road. It is, it is one that only you can take us on. Lord, I have tried to pave my own road many times um, with uh, Christian integrity and uh, found myself on my own road, uh, drifting around, not knowing where to go, under my own power, Lord, in failure. And yet, when I yield to you, when I trust in you, when I hope in you, when I submit and obey you, Lord, I, I see the openings of great blessing and great fruitfulness. Lord, it's almost as if I've been designed, we've been designed for fruitfulness. And I pray, Lord, as we look at this road and the road signs, Lord, that we'd be encouraged today. I pray that your blessing would pour out to every family. Lord, they need you. I need you. Our family needs you. Pour out your love upon us. We just invite the Holy Spirit into your heart, into your life, into your family, into your work, into your calling into your mind, into your motives. Lord, I just invite you in. Dwell freely, Lord. Bring light to the darkness. Lord, clarify, Lord, the focuses. Lord, bring vision, outpouring. Help us to trust you with everything that we have and what we are. Help us to become who you've made us to be truly. I just submit this year to you, 2015. Lord, I believe it's a new year. It's a new day. New things. Just submit it to you, Lord, on behalf of myself and our church, our families. Lord, we can trust you to do great and awesome things. On our behalf, great and mighty deeds of the Lord. Put your trust in God right now. Whatever it takes, just in your own heart, say, God, I trust you. I'm putting my hope in you. I'm putting my trust in you. And Lord, we look forward to the great things you're going to do. In Jesus' name, can you say amen? amen. Anyway, how many think that graphic's pretty cool? I, I don't know. It just, it's kind of Harley-ish. Just reminds me of a motorcycle, which makes me want another motorcycle, but you know what I mean? But no. It's, it's a good thing. You know, um, I, I, I put the scripture, some of you saw my Facebook as you commented on it, and I put this, posted this up on my Facebook page. Um, and the Lord really just spoke this to me, and um, it's, it's something that's been a recurring theme in my life, and it's not just that he's doing a new thing. And he says, see, I am doing a new thing. And I almost didn't put it in because of my own um, doubts that were kind of like, okay, Lord, you know, like you're really going to do a new thing? Like, I'm, Lord, I'm, I don't want to believe this if you're not going to really do a new thing. Like, I almost saw my whole last year kind of recycled. And how many know God did some great things last year? But how many still need streams in the wasteland? Come on, streams. How many need a way in the desert? You need a way. There's desert in our lives where there's the, you know, you don't, you see the rivers, you know, below the ground, but not above the ground, and it just seems a little dead. 
And he says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. And I'm so glad that the Lord just convinced me because it wasn't until this morning when I actually got here that I put this scripture back in. Because I was thinking to myself, well, Lord, I posted on Facebook and that's good enough. And I felt like the Lord saying, no, this is a prophetic word for our body. That, you know, it's okay to have faith and believe that God is transitioning us this year. And, and I asked myself, first of all, that if I can't believe it, and then I, I said, Lord, I can't believe it. And then I said to him, I go, well, Lord, I, I just don't know what you'll do. Like, 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 I need certain answers in certain areas of my life and in our church. And I go, Lord, I just don't know what you're going to do. And, and most of all, I don't even know how you're going to do it. So how am I going to believe this? And, and I could just see my own doubt creeping in because I don't have it figured out. And if you're like me, I like to be in control of things. Don't you? How many like to have control of things? I definitely do. And it's like, when, uh, I feel like it's, if I just had a little bit more money, I'd feel more secure about my whole life. Right? How many need some more cash? Right? And it just a little bit, if I just had a little bit of more of this and a little bit more of that and just, you know, a little buffer, Lord, give me a buffer. And it seems like the Lord just brings you back sometimes to the bare bones, you know? And, and it, look what he says. He says, now it springs up and he makes it. Do you not perceive it? My answer was, no, I don't perceive it. I don't necessarily see it. He says, I am making a way in the desert. I'm making a way. In the desert. And, and I love, you know, the, the children of Israel were in the desert in a dry and dark place. You know, a place where it, it always seemed like provision was just a little bit farther down the road. Like it's not right here, but it's just believing a little bit more and you'll get provision. And the provision was kind of bland. It w- wasn't really spectacular. And the Lord saying, I can change those things. I can make a way even in the desert. I can make streams in the wasteland, and I need that. You know, I love we sang that song, Surrender. You know? Now, Lord, I surrender to you. I need your surrender. Amen? You know, the scripture says, the wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls. Why? Because I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland. He just repeats it. He said, the animals that live out there could they have a perception of God? It seems like they might, right? A perception of who God is, that the provision happens. And they're not toiling and laboring, you know, like the lilies of the field to look beautiful. They're beautiful by the power of God internally. And he says, to give drink to my people, my chosen. Say it with me, say my people. Say it with me, say my chosen. Say it, the people I formed for myself. God did it for himself. And don't take this as a selfish thing, like God's going, I just did it for me. It's not the heartbeat. God's trying to communicate to them. I'm in this too. It's not just you. I'm in it also. I formed it for myself. I wanted this. It's kind of like you're in a relationship and the person all of a sudden looks at you and goes, I like you too. And you go, you do? I remember Jody liked me and I go, that can't be right. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. (laughs) And so, you know, I quickly married her before she got her senses. (laughs) You know, and then she's regretted it ever since. But no, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. She hasn't. It says that they may proclaim my praise. You know, 
There's a great scripture in Psalm 118 that says, you shall live and not die, and you shall proclaim, you know, the salvation of the Lord. May God save us and deliver us and heal us and restore us and make us new so that we can declare the praises of his name and, and say, God did this. He did this in me. Amen? All right. I'm going to cover really five things today. I may only get to four. We'll see how the time goes, and I'm certainly not going to rush it. This is an introduction uh, to our Victory Road. I want to kind of do sort of a general thing to look around. And how many need victory? I mean, a serious thing. You need victory, like seven or eight of you. Well, just turn to the other ones. They know they're already there. So you guys, how many need victory? Seriously. Come on, honestly, just, it's okay, good, good victory. I, I'm, I'm going to make these five points that I think are very general points, but I think they're crucial to the starting gate of this road. I know it's a new year. I know God's doing new things. I don't want to put everything on your choices, but there are some choices that do need to be made. There are some things that you need to decide. There are some things that you need to participate, even if it's the power of God, You still need to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, although it is God who works in you to will and to act. Let's start with number one. First of all, you got to choose your road. Okay, got a road there. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Look at there. There you have it. Two kind of two choices, right? The Joshua, which which way are you gonna choose? He says, ask. Say that word with me. Say, ask. Boy, there are so many things that the Lord will do if we just ask him. That ask is just an acrostic for ask, seek, knock. Ask, seek, knock, and the door will be opened. God wants us. He's not going to give us stuff. If you ask for a fish, he's not going to give you a stone or give you a scorpion, give you something that you don't need. You have to lay it out there and it has to line up with God's purposes. Sometimes you ask and God says no. And you need to ask different questions. You don't keep asking to say, God, will you do that? No. You don't say, God, will you do that? No. I mean, there are times of perseverance if God gives you a soft no, but you know sometimes the Lord is saying, ask a different questions. Lord, why no? And what are you doing? And show me how to respond to it. You know, he says, ask for the ancient paths. It's the old ways. It's not the the conservative view or the Republican religious right view. That's not what he's saying. He's saying my principles, integrity, right? Wisdom, may it be a garland around your neck, trusting the Lord with all your heart, walking in obedience to the Lord, submitting your desires to the Lord. Trusting in Christ for salvation. The ancient paths. Ask where the good way is. Ask. Ask. Seek. Knock. The door will be opened. Ask. Where's the ancient path? Lord, where's, where is the good way? I'm trying to solve this. Lord, show me where the good way is. And walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Boy, and sometimes when I'm not doing that, I can feel there's a tension in my life. And I just can't seem to get by it. You know, my old solution would be take a pill and that'll help. Right? How many have done the pill thing? Come on. And, you know, it's like you take the pill and maybe that'll settle you down. But that doesn't work either, does it? Because the pill fades out and the problem's still the same. It might have even gotten bigger. 
But you ask the Lord, you'll find rest in your souls. And look what he says. He says, but you said we will not walk in it. That's, that's the response of the people in Jeremiah. They went into captivity, by the way, for a long time. A long time. This is why Jesus Christ died for us, that he would free us from our chains. That we would not walk in the slavery that our forefathers, the forefathers, what they ran into. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, I love this sign. I actually just kind of recreated it there, but I saw it on a, on a billboard one time. Need directions? God. <laughs> I need directions. Don't you need? I need instructions. And, and you know, the, these road signs, I'm just going to mess around with a few road signs here. But, you know, there's kind of the popular road. It says wide and broad is the road, right? Is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. They don't realize that not following in God's ways brings you to all kinds of death. It's destruction. It destroys the things that you're doing. Instead of relationships flourishing, instead of you and your children building deeper relationships, it brings more death. It brings destruction. You know, it's kind of like falling off a, a, you know, a bad accident. You start to see bruises and scrapes and bloody or it messes with your hip like when Jacob wrestled with God and now you're kind of moving with a hip you know, a little bit. And that's going to happen when you get older in general. But don't go to the wide road. Find the narrow. Small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. The, the Lord wants to lead us there. A few find it, but God wants us to find it. Amen? And then there is the right. I call it the, the left is the popular road that kind of leads to destruction. To the right is the seems right road. It just seems right. You know, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof leads to death. It just seems right. I mean, isn't this the culture? Come on, mom. Come on, dad. This is the culture. This is how we should think. Boy, that's a red flag right there. You know, and, and the culture is so easily seduced by these different ways, the popular road, right, or the seems right road. And, and we have choices to make. And, and this is why we have to pick the only route, the Lord's way. He is the way, the truth, the life. Amen? There is a following. There is a decision to be made at the beginning of the year that says, Lord, may this be the year of the Lord, the year of Jubilee, the year of fulfillment, the year of open doors, See, I set before you today from Deuteronomy 3, 30, 15, life and prosperity, death and destruction. Really? Life, prosperity, death, destruction. Life, abundant life, prosperity. Jesus, the life, the light, his ways. Our natural inclination isn't to follow the ways of the Spirit our natural ways are the ways of the flesh. And we need the Lord's redemption. And may the Lord empower that choice as we say, Lord, I need you. I want you. Amen? Amen. And this popular scripture, I kind of covered it last year, but I'm just going to read it. If serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Because we're going to serve something this year. We will serve something. You, I, I, can, I can look at the end of the week and go, man, I just served myself. Or I can go, man, I just served my family. 
But there's something about serving the Lord that makes serving your family more profound. When you serve the Lord first, choose this day whom you'll serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates. I'm not going to go into all the details of that. There's previous sermons that I did with the God of the Amorites, different ways of idol worship, idol worship, the Baals, the Asherah poles, the different things that we decide to put above the Lord and his way and his life and his church. Oh, this is so much more important. No, it's not. It's not more important. God's ways are more important. His relationship with you is more important. The life of you in the body of Christ, you're not on your own, is important. It is what God wants to do. He wants to do things in the life of you in the body. In those whose land you're living. And I love Joshua's incredible reply. He goes, you can make the choice. And I'm giving you the choice. But as for me, I already made the choice. As for me... And not just me, my household, what my house will be about, what our principles will be. We will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. How many say amen to that? Listen, say it one more time. Amen. 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 One more time. Amen. Amen. I'm not looking for louder. I'm just, I'm looking for you to really, I don't want us to leave here with a, you know, I responded to the pastor back and forth. I, I, I hope that's something internal that you just go, yes. The Lord wants to do this. You know, I, I, I put there just a few things, putting God first. I'll honor God in my house and my life. You know, I'll have relationships face to face. I won't gossip in my home. You know, no slander. I'll resolve differences. I'll have integrity. I'll bless people with my gifting, so time, talent, treasures. You know, with my get talents, I'll bless them with it. I'll put God first in my finances, my treasures. So the rest of my finances are clean. Okay, number one, choose your road. Number two is you got to get directions. Amen? You need directions. If you don't know where to go, it could be very confusing. And you need to start off with where you are. Where am I? Honestly. Because in my mind, I'm always 10 steps forward. Don't you, don't, aren't you like me? You're 10 steps forward, and then someone starts talking about you, and they talk like you're 10 steps back, and you're going, okay, maybe I am 10 steps back. And then when you really move forward in God's ways, you really do rather than pretending like you do. You need to know where you are, and I, I love these new technology gadgets because, you know, they, they look at these coordinates, and they, you know, through satellites, they, they just figure out where you are on the planet, it doesn't matter where you are. It's just like, zoom, that's you are here. And then you kind of click and you go, where do I need to go? And you start going, I want to go there. And you click on it. And if you don't know where you go, want to go and how you need to get there, you end up like this. You start, I put their family expectations. There's places and things that your family wants you to do that may not be from the Lord. Oh, i got to do it to the family. And I'm not trying to shun your family. I'm just saying you have to hear God first. Amen? Amen. And, and then I put here time wasters, things that just are wasting your time. And I'm not against leisureness or relaxation or recreation. It's recreate, 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 recreation, recreation. Those things can be very good. And some of you need more rest to let God rebuild. And self-provision. 
where you're working overtime and extra time just to make more. If I just do this, I'll make a little bit more. And it's okay if the Lord's leading you, but don't lean on it in false ambition, okay? And I put there, there's victory out there somewhere, but you need to know where it is and how to get there, your purpose, your calling, your destiny, you know? And, and God has a way. And how many want to just get there straight, Right? It's going to have its trials of its own, but we need to get instructions. I put the word of God in there. It's not just the word of God. The word of God itself points to a lot of things. It points to his people. It points to leaders. It, it points to you know, him speaking to you with his voice by the Holy Spirit. And then it points to itself, the scriptures, that the scriptures bring enlightenment, that you can see things. And I, it's, it's hard for me, and of course, I'm a pastor, so I could be biased, but I think that people look at God and his ways as a, sometimes too much as a way afterthought, like it's not that important. One day you will stand before God, and you will be glad that you had a pastor up here who told you it was important, especially if you listen to him. Hebrews says, you know, obey your leaders, submit to your leaders, because they are one who have to give an account that we're accountable for what we say. It's important. I don't say this for control. No, I don't want to go to your house and follow you around. Okay, I just want your GPS coordinates. That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you know, there, there's some really basic things here that can be really helpful that, that are basic things of getting us started, like groundwork, like our mission for our church is, say it with me, say, love God. And who does God love? Love people. Love God, love people. All the commandments, all that stuff, all the prophets, all that sums it up that way. Love God and love people. Such a simple mission. What's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord with all your heart and mind and soul and strength. Like everything that you are, everything that you, that you are, God's saying, love me with that. And that's not the way to be saved. No one wakes up and starts loving God with all their heart. They might love a concept of God. They might love what they think is God. But if you really saw into the holiness of God, you'd be more intimidated than just running pure love. We need God's spirit to empower that relationship. We need him to open blind eyes, sometimes our own so that the love is spurred on by the Spirit in us, secured to the cross, empowered by the promise of the Father, secured by a constant intercession that will never cease. That happens through Jesus Christ. And then love your neighbor as yourself. So important. If you're mad at yourself, chances are, you know, you're going to be mad at your neighbor. That's just kind of usually the way it works, unless you have a special neighbor. Okay, listen, we have these on our walls. I think they, they're a summary for our mission. Uh, our expanded version is grow your life, impact your world, live your dream or live God's dream for your life. Grow your life. Jesus is the life. He lives in you. We do that through community, base camp, things like that. We impact your world through service. And then you live your dream by finding out your blueprint, who God made you. We have a blueprint class coming up at the early part of the year. Um, it's a two-day seminar where he goes over a lot of those things. You know, it says each one of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others, right? Do it in God's various forms, stewarding the grace of God, okay? 
So we have here just a real simple thing here is choose a, a direct, you know, a path, a road, and then get directions. Do I hear amen so far? How many have already chosen a road? Come on. You've chosen a road. One, two. How many are still deciding whether you're going to follow yourself or not? How many have decided they are going to choose the road already? Nobody. Okay. How many need directions? You clear, you know you need it. Then the third one, you have to understand, it's a long road. Amen? I put, I see these signs on the road, so I just made up my own version of it. You know, when you first start on the road, it just seems like God's got me, and this is so happy, and it's Happy Valley, right? And, you know, every little suburb around the country has a place they call Happy Valley. You know, we have our Happy Valley, right? It's named that for a different reason, but that's okay. It's Happy Valley. It's about 125 miles. You're still doing good. You don't need lunch. And then you get to Reconsider Town, right? How many have been to Reconsider Town? It's like you get there and you're going, oh, sure, I picked the right thing. I mean, is God really going to come through? I don't know. And then you get to Motivation City. You know, you're excited because you reconsidered. God's doing good. You, you got a few more miles, motivation. And then you don't know where it is. Like, you don't know where the mile is, but there is a trials detour, <laughs> right? It's a detour. It just kind of takes you off the road, and you're, like, trying to get there, and you're going, well, how is it going to happen? And I love Abraham's search for the promised land, to the land of Canaan. And, and, and if you see his journey, he's kind of going like that. And, and if you've ever seen maps on it, every point on the map where he stopped, you, you'll see like a little fire where he worshiped the Lord. And the, and, the, and the scripture says over and over again, and it's in Pastor Jack Hayford's book, Finding the Purpose for Your Life, based on the life of Abraham. It's a great book. And, and he talks about how every time he stops on his journey to get to where he is. He doesn't know where he's going, but worship leads the way. Worship leads the way. It's why when we come together and meet on a weekly basis, we go back to worship first. Let's remember our God. Let's remember, let's focus in on him. It's not because we have a ritual. It's not because we want to have a cool band to draw people. It's because of the fact that we're coming back into the presence of the Lord together. We are no longer just individuals, people, but we are the body of Christ. We are the body. We represent him as a body. We are the body parts that are represented for him. He is the head and we are the body. And then I said we hit to overcome via. You know, it's way up there, but it's an overcoming area. And there's a lot of signs that you see along the way on the road. I've, I just found a couple. Enjoy the ride. Don't you love this? I love this. This is on the internet. I just found a bunch of signs. I hit signs. Just kind of picked out some ones that kind of drew my attention. We need to enjoy the ride. This is not meant to be hard. But remember, John 3.16, God loves us. Amen? He loves us along the way. And guess what? Do not pick up hitchhikers in certain areas. Okay, you, you ever see the sign, you're on your way to Nevada, it says prison facilities in this area. Notice, please do not pick up hitchhikers in this area. We do not need extra hitchhikers. 
Now, there is a pro and con to this. I want you to understand this. We do not want to pick up evil forces that will influence us, but we do need to pick up hitchhikers that need help in the form of people. Amen? Where we can be a service. We can't be, I'm so great. I'm so, you know, you stain me. You're so lower than me. It's why God finds the losers, puts them up here, and shares with you and says, hey, look what God did. He can do that with all the losers. Amen? And God can do great redemptive work. Okay? And, 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 And then here's the last one here. Some things are a dead end. Okay? Some things are a dead end. They're just not going anywhere. And, and you, you, if you're like me, you'll try it. You'll go down that road. You go, is there sure? It said the GPS. I thought it said say left. You know, well, Google and Apple and MapQuest, they don't always know. I'm sure they're doing the best they can, and it's an incredible job having to track all that. I don't know how they mobilized all those forces, but they did something. I don't, you know, I don't know the logistics of it, but it, it's major. That's why they have all those people working at those companies. But, but it's, you go down this dead end, it's a dead end. Stop going down that road. There's no fruitfulness down this road. You know, I, I mentioned it with, with my tough topics. There are some things that produce no fruit, and they never will. They will never produce any fruit, ever. There is no fruitfulness there. You could plant a seed out there in concrete, it won't work, right? And you can plant a rock in the most fertile ground, and it will not grow. We have to have soft hearts before God. The softness and the ground, it's often talking about the body of Christ and a willing heart, a dead end. We don't want to go there. And number four, not only is it a long road, but number four, we need to refresh often. And you love that when you're going down the road. You know, Jody's like, let's get there all in one foul swoop. I'm like, every couple hours, I want to walk around, right? And Jody's like, <sighs> pull over, you know? And, 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 you know, when I used to eat like total garbage, then it was always like, let's eat there. She'd go, let's eat there. But now we both want to eat at the same place. Listen, there's food and rest stops that are so important, okay? Listen, food and rest stops are more important than you think. I don't want you to think of this as some little short trip that you're going, oh, we're just going to Vegas or going to Cedar City. This is a life journey, amen? And we need to have food stops, nutrition, okay? There's all kinds of essential things that you can add. You know, we have all kinds of people in our church that, that have different products and things that they carry, and you can find stuff online, health stuff, nutritious stuff. It's just like the Word of God. And a prophetic word, maybe from a friend or a spouse, that God wants to encourage you. He wants to build you up. I love Jeremiah. As he's getting thrown into Babylon, you know, and he, the, the leader is treating him really well. A lot of the Israelites are not being treated well, and they're rebellious. But, but God still takes care of his people, even in captivity. Jeremiah had great living conditions. You know, he he says, when your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. There's a a little bit. I I just went to the book of Genesis yesterday, (coughs) just on tape, just listening to it. Just kind of, you know, I was kind of straightening things out, 
in the house and just, just listening to it, listening to the story. And I could tell at the end, the Lord was just building me up through it. Little things that I just never heard before, even though I've read it a million times. I just go, oh, wow, that's neat, Lord. I see that. I see that principle. He says, for I bear your name. And we know that scriptures, you know, your word is a lamp unto my feet, right? It's a light unto my path. The word of God. Listen, for this year, 2015, can you make God's word? Even if, can everyone just say two minutes? Listen, give it, I don't want to give you, you have to have an hour of quiet time, you know, make sure. Listen, just, will you give the Lord at least a couple minutes in the morning? To just go, Lord, I'm just going to open your word. And if two minutes lead to five, fine. And if they just stay at two minutes, fine. We'll let the grace of God work. Amen? Amen. But, but I, I tell you that there's many times when I just start with a couple minutes and the Lord just expands it. I don't want to turn it off because it's kind of like you're getting refueled. I don't want to turn it off. I want to keep it on. You know, it's just such an important thing. That's the food part. And then the rest part, I cannot tell you how important this is, but the Sabbath, the rest. There are times when we just need rest. God prescribes it on a weekly basis. And every week you put time aside. Not to be religious, because when he calls it holy, he calls it holy because it's separate. This is the day you don't work. He says, six days you shall labor. You're going to work. Everybody knows that. You go out there and you work, and you're going to do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord. He's not specifying which day, but he's saying, and no one knows exactly what day it lined up in, but if yours is a Wednesday or a Saturday, Sunday, some belief system say it's got to be exactly that same day. I, I don't believe so. I believe that Jesus represents our rest that we enter into the rest of Christ. That's what Hebrew says. But it says the seventh day after you work the six days is a Sabbath to the Lord. On it you shall not do any work. Don't do any work. Do you really think that the Lord is trying to be like this really religious guy? Like, um, you know, I've made these rules and I just want them followed. And, you know, these are such important rules. And, you know, you met people like that, right? They're like devoted to the rules. It's sickening. It's, it just seems bad. But you know what? That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about this is a place I'll make it holy. They shall not do any work. Now, I didn't include this, but I'll read it. it right in that verse 9 and 10, it says, Neither you nor your son or your daughter nor your male or female servants, not your animals. Not the animals? Come on, make the cows work. Not the animals. And he says, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. He says, I don't want you guys working. Now, we've kind of staggered it. You know, we have things open all the time. You know, on Sunday, I can go home and I can go to Sabbath, but my Sabbath really is Monday. You know, you can shift the days around and I'll call it my Sunday. But you know what? Sabbath rest is a time you are restored. And God says, in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the seas, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day, which is a real problem for some of theistic evolutionists because they think that each day was a 1,000 years. That means you guys got to work 6,000 years. But you get to rest a 1,000 on the seventh day. 
But you'll never get there. I get to rest every six days. That's something good about our theology. Listen, how many, how many need to take this to heart? Come on. Do, do not take this as a religious restriction that I'm trying to beat you up. Jesus says very clearly, the man wasn't made to serve the Sabbath. Sabbath was made to serve man. God made it to serve you, to bless you. Therefore, the Lord, that last verse, he blessed the Sabbath day, and then that made it holy. It's separate. It's unto the Lord. The Lord's going, guess what? You don't have to just keep working. You can rest. And I'm telling you that the Lord does amazing work on the rest day. He does powerful work on the rest day. Jesus Christ is represented in the Sabbath. I'm going to talk more about this in Victory Road, but I'm telling you, you cannot underestimate a rest before God. God does many things when you rest. Just rest. (laughs) I was, you know, Pastor Jack Hayford is one of our pastors, and um, some, some may know who he is, but he, he, was, he was talking about when the Lord gave them their facilities in the 1970s. He said they didn't have any money. They didn't know what to do. God showed them that they were to get finances, get a building. And he says, one day the Lord woke up and he says, I don't want you to come into work for a couple weeks. And he just prayed about it. He goes, why not? And he goes, because I want to get a building and you're getting in my way. And he said, I don't want you to go to the building. I don't want you to go near the building that we're looking at. I don't want you to think about it. I don't want you to do anything. And he says he left for six weeks. Told the council and said, I felt this is what the Lord is saying. Told his staff. Six weeks later, they were in that new building. God did something. I'm not saying God's going to work like that for us. But can I tell you, there are times when we need to just rest and trust in the Lord. There are times when you're pushing and you're pushing and you're pushing and God says you need to cease striving. But I got to keep my business going. I got to keep the money going. If the money doesn't roll, some, you know, do you think that the Lord cannot provide? Now, laziness is a different thing. If you're lazy and you have six Sabbaths and one work day, you may need to get your butt in gear. Amen? You know who you are because right when I said it, you went, ugh. That's right. Xbox is not, the, not a work day. That's a rest day. That's entertainment. <sighs> Let me just ask you. You want to be on Victory Road? You, you need to pick a side, choose a road. You need to get instructions. You need to realize it's a long day. You need to make sure you get food, and you need to get rest for the road. How many need to get rest? Come on. How many are going to take a Sabbath? Come on. Just acknowledge. I'm going to rest. Say it. Say, I'm going to rest. One more time. Just look at the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm going to rest. Okay, think. I want you to pick a day right now. Just pick a time. Go, Lord, I'm going to rest on that day. I'm going to rest. You can be with your family that day. You can hang out. You can go to the movies that day. You can go to the restaurant and eat something that day. It's not going to work. You're not going to be making contacts. Right? Swinging deals. You know? Amen? <laughs> That's a good laugh. <laughs> That's a laugh that says, I don't know if I can do it. 
Trust me. I'll get it every once in a while. I'm pretty good on my Sabbath, but every once in a while I'll text somebody and they go, why are you texting me on your Sabbath? And I'm going, busted. <laughs> Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? Come on. Listen, this is, the, this is my last point here. Listen, number five, don't turn back. Don't turn back. Once you take this path, don't turn back. You know, I talked, I talked to a guy, I mentioned him, I didn't mention who he was, but I talked to him and he goes, I'm going to start giving and I'm never turning back. I talked to him a couple months ago, like a month, two months after he said, and I go, so how'd it go? And he goes, I stopped. And I told him, I knew you would. And he, he goes, why'd you know? And I go, because you did it in your power. Commitments in your own power rarely last. Commitments under God's power become eternal life and eternal choices, eternal change. Don't turn back. How many seen that sign? Don't make a U-turn here. Don't, don't make a U-turn here. This is, you're driving through. You're going to go straight for a little bit longer. There might be some alternative things, but don't turn back now. You can't. It's too dangerous. It's not good. That's not what's going to happen. Uh, Hebrews ta- has all these great scriptures about the men of faith. You know, it talks about entering th- boldly into the throne room, fixing your eyes on Christ. And he's really serious about walking away, speaking to a Jewish, you know, Hebrew culture. And he says, my righteous one. He's talking about Christ, but we're in there. My righteous one, the righteous. We will live by faith, not by works. And I love what he says. It's just a little byline. He says, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. Now, this is, this is not meant to just be an eternal rejection. It's God saying, it is, it is talking to the non-believer. He's saying, I, the believer, the non-believer, the one who is not believing, turns back. Anyone who puts his hand to the plow and looks back, he said, they don't have a fitness for the kingdom of God. They're, they're, they're not prepared to, to be a part and to, to advance it. Men of violence, men of forthrightness, they'll change it. He says, don't, no pleasure. Just say it with me, no pleasure. God has no pleasure in that. It, this doesn't get him excited. It, it's, and it's not, you know, God's disappointed in me. God's going, this is not a good thing. You know, your kid tells you, hey, I punched somebody. You don't go, yay. Well, it depends on who it is. No, I'm kidding. He says, but we do not belong to those who shrink back. That's not our inheritance. That's not our heritage. That's not our legacy. We do not belong to those who shrink back. We're not part of those who start and then stop. We're ones who persevere. And perseverance turns into character, and character turns into hope, and hope doesn't disappoint us because God has poured his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. This is good, and we rejoice in the glory of God. Those who shrink back are destroyed, but we belong to those who have faith and are saved. You know, in Genesis, I don't have it up here. That's my last scripture. Genesis 19.24, you know, God, the Lord, it says, is raining down burning sulfur on a Sodom and Gomorrah. And there is some similarities in our culture sometimes like that, isn't there? But thank God that this culture has the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? It is a big difference. It's a game changer. It really is. 
Jesus didn't come to some sinners and some non-sinners. Jesus just came to sinners. It's the sinners and the sick who need a doctor. I need a doctor. I need some exams. I need an MRI. I need it all. I love this. They're heading out to town. And the angel of the Lord, the messenger, standing in the throne of God, tells Lot and them and and their whole group. And he says, go and don't look back. Don't look back. And it says, Lot's wife, she was so enticed by that world. I love the dresses. I I, I love the fashion. I, I love all the things that I can be a part of. I'm not against fashion. The Bible's not against it. I'm just saying she was so enticed of Egypt and Sodom and Gomorrah, the old ways. It says, it says that she looked back. She looked back and God just changed her constitution to salt. It's like just a pillar. She stood there as a statue, frozen in time. And you start to look back and you become a statue of yourself. You stay the same. Every time you look, there you are again, not changing. Don't look back. Don't turn back. Victory road is a one-way road. It's the only way. It's not to the right. It's not to the left. It is a place of power and victory and restoration. May God empower your mind and your heart to pursue it. If you're struggling with stuff, get connected to community so you can share your struggles and realize you're not alone and God will be praised as he delivers you in front of a group of people. Become, base camp is our entrance into that kind of discipleship. Turn to God in prayer. Listen, we have this whole series of Victory Road. I promise you that God will do something new. He will do something new. Choose the course. Take the road. Walk along it and see the victory of the Lord. How many say aloud, amen, Lord? Amen. One more time. 